0: Love Talk Radio Let's get lost in a better place Pick up the world Travel through time
1: and space So much to learn So much to see A chance to escape
0: Hello? Hello? Oh, thank God. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know I'm why sorry. your number didn't go through, and I'm oh. having a nervous fit. And they gave me a brand new guest number, and I'm saying, I've tried to call you, and it doesn't go through. Oh, my God, I'm having a nervous breakdown today.
2: I'm sorry. I, I set you an alarm not... to wake me up, and the alarm was on the phone, and I couldn't turn it off, and I didn't want to use that phone because the alarm would go off when I'm talking to you. So I was screwed yeah, up my I, I, I
0: don't even know what I'm doing anymore, and and they, <laughs> everything's gotten screwed up all day. What can I say? That, that and I have to, we're on the air, I think. Yeah, we are. <laughs> okay. Okay, this is Fran Lewis, What's Left of her, and I am so excited because David Putnam is here, and The Diabolical is one of my favorite books, and the book is in front of me. Bruno Johnson is a wanted fugitive unless he helps the Costa Rican police. Will those turn him in? What did he get into trouble with this time? I love the guy.
2: Are you, are you asking me? <laughs>
0: yeah. That's <the> only person <laughs> here. Except, I except adorable, for my... I, my I, I couldn't even dial in to my own guest number <laughs> for this week. And I finally got them to answer me. They don't answer you on Blog Talk. And they, <laughs> they love my show, so they figured, you know, give the girl a favor. <laughs> <laughs> So thank um, God this one worked. Cause your other phone I called you it didn't didn't answer, they didn't like no. me. Okay, so what did he do? What what's with Bruno? I love Bruno. He gets in trouble no matter where he goes. Though.
2: So. Yeah, well thanks for having me on. I really appreciate uh, talking with you about Bruno. Um, this is the eleventh book in the series. Uh, wow. This is the, this is the first book that's set entirely in Costa Rica. Um, usually, Bruno has an issue uh, and he has to come back to the States to deal with uh, some kind of caper, but this one,
1: mm. uh, I decided
2: to set it entirely in Costa Rica and I had a really great time writing it and I hope that uh, through in the, in the riding. Um, I, I gave Bruno a dog uh, that is uh, supposed to be helping him throughout this caper, but the dog is more of a hindrance because he's got a mind of his own. And I gave the dog equal weight to uh, Bruno Johnson. Um, and he's very prominent throughout the whole story um but bruno um as as it always happens, he's minding his own business when he gets thrown into a huge conflict that he has to resolve, and this one happens to be in his hometown where he thought was a sanctuary for his family um and uh, oh Cla, do you say something?
0: How many people? I'm looking at this. How many people would do what he did? Taking 13 children, and we meet at the beginning of the story. We meet Rito Cabana and Bruno. Tells his own story in his own words. And so, tell us more now. Why? Why does he do? Why does he do this? He's brave. I'll tell you something. That's scary.
2: Uh, Well, Bruno has a split personality. He has. one part of his life he wants to chase the bad guys and fight tyranny and then the other heart, the other part of his life is his uh, love for his children and and children that are that are needed uh, that need his help so he has a makeshift orphanage down in costa rica where he keeps his children safe and i think because i lose track all the time i think he's up to 14 kids that he is sheltering in his uh estate down in costa rica and uh so his his uh, violent life keeps intruding into his family life, and uh, I try to make that that uh, those two lives very stark in contrast um, in all the books. He has a, a very soft, gentle side, but then when you make him mm. mad, you don't, you don't want to make him mad because he's Bruno Johnson.
0: Yeah, well, I felt bad for him that he got you know kicked out of whatever. So. At the start of the story, we meet him. So, who is Otis Brasher, and why is he at the? He's got me suspicious right away. Why was he at the bar every single day, and how come they spotted him?
2: Yeah, um, when I'm when I'm writing my novels, I used to write a novel where I would start with the most interesting scene. Uh, mm. that I have in, in mind for the story, and I write the book on both sides of that. Once I write that scene, then I, I develop the scene on both sides. And the longest I've gone was I, I wrote a scene, and I end up writing 11 chapters to motivate that scene at the beginning of the book. Mm. So, um, now now I have a different process because I'm writing two books a year. I have three series I'm juggling, uh, the Bruno Johnson series, the Dave Beckett series, and then in May, uh, into May, I have the Imogene uh, series that's coming out, which I'm really excited about that book, uh, called The Blind Devotion of Imaging. But in, in the in the Bruno books, I, I start with three plot lines. And I do that because the main, I just have one plot line. The main plot line could get plot line fatigue. So I, I, have, I have three. And I start with the main one, and then I skip over back and forth and scene sequence down to the novel. So Otis Brasher is a secondary plot line and that's why he's very prominent in the story he is um in there as a uh adjunct to um what's going on in, in the, at the hotel so he's looking for something and i don't want to give it away but but no, uh, he's, he's been he's been uh uh he he, he was ripped off in a, in a jewelry truly heist And he's down looking to find the person that did it. And he hires Bruno Johnson to protect him. And so that one is going along at the same time as um, the main plot line, which is the murders that happen in uh, Tamarindo. And uh, Bruno's asked to help discover who did it.
0: Well, I want the book that's coming out in May. (laughs) It is a good book. And I want want to thank Blog Talk Radio for changing my guest's login number. They actually changed it on my screen. I'm impressed. Thank you very much. Because they answered me. They were upset that I couldn't get the show. So who is Drago? And, you know, my favorite character in the book is Waldo. Forget it. I want Waldo. I want him to protect me.
2: Yeah, Waldo's the dog I was talking about.
1: Um, Yeah, uh, I love Waldo. Waldo.
2: Waldo belongs to Drago, Carl Drago. And Drago is an interesting character. Um, I I fashioned him after the most dangerous person I ever dealt with in my 31 years of law enforcement. And I I, uh, started him in book two, and uh, I I fashioned him after this guy that I was talking about. And when you're writing a a hero, you can't make him perfect because he turns into a caricature. The same thing happens with um, bad guys, if you make them so bad and vile, he turns into a caricature. So what I I made a mistake and I gave Drago a little bit of humanity and I gave him a little too much humanity because in the third book I wanted to kill him off because I really didn't like this guy in real life. So I killed him off in the third book, sent it in to the publisher and she said, "Oh no, I love Carl Drago. You can't kill him." So I had to rewrite the entire book um, from December to February. Um, mm. I had to rewrite the whole book and So I've been carrying Carl Drago through the entire series, and a lot of people say that they they like Carl Drago. Um, He is a foil for uh, Bruno. Bruno gets in trouble, and he can't handle things, and Bruno can handle everything, uh, anything. Then he calls on his partner, uh, Carl Drago, who is just a beast uh, that doesn't like uh, the bad people either.
1: I love this
0: guy.
2: I could use Drago
0: too. I could use Drago too. Seriously. (laughs) To protect me from all the oh God. I I, you know, when you said you're writing your book over and over again, I am about to write a new one. It's a real story, it's my story. About what I've gone through for ten years and the reason why I sound weird and the reason why I never look in the mirror. (laughs) And um Yeah, I had what you call failure to diagnose, and I'm going to write it in my own words. So when you said the title and you had to write it over, I'm still trying to figure out how to start it. And I don't know, if you write a book that's real about real people, are you allowed to use their names or do I have to change their names? So that's some of the stuff I still have to find out. So who is Jose? And tell us about Drago and Layla and their winning i love drago you can't call on. no sorry people
2: well in in the scorned um which is the previous yeah. book one just before um uh this one uh drago helps bruno uh in the u.s in in la with a paper that he was involved in and uh, lila it, is a girl that was rescued in that in that book in that story and um, Drago is this big hulking, hulking guy with tattoos, an ex-biker, and he's, he's not you know, your most uh, eligible bachelor. But uh, they, they kind of took to each other, and I, I uh, took that story forward from, that, from the scorn and put it in uh, the Diabolical. And so they uh, are getting married at the opening of the Diabolical. And uh, she is the daughter of one of the victims in the diabolical.
0: So why is he called Gaylord? And why did the chief, uh, you know, I get nervous every time the chief wants to see Bruno. I get worried.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I did too. (laughs) Um, Bruno is... Uh, hiding out in Costa Rica He has uh, murder warrants And kidnapping warrants in the US And when I first started writing the book I, I you know, years ago Costa Rica didn't have an extradition treaty With uh, the US And uh, I just recently well, Probably three books back Did the research My should, should have done it earlier And they, they had it uh, I think it was 1994 They established an extradition treaty So now Bruno is hiding even lower, trying to hide mm. even lower in society because if he's discovered, he can be extradited back to the U.S. So he works mm. as a man-a-boy bartender, and to add to his uh, cu- cover, he changes his name periodically. And the people that work there think it's funny because they don't know. they got to look at his um, nameplate on his shirt. To see what name he's using, uh, Gaylord was the one that he liked the most because it was kind of funny to look at Bruno Johnson and call him Gaylord. Mm. Uh, but uh, he was Gaylord so long, and uh, the the people that return customers to the hotel ask him when they walk in, uh, is Gaylord working? Because they like his uh, persona at the Cabana Bar on the beach.
0: I like the name Garloid, too. It fits him. But I could imagine him like this hot stud walking on the beach. (laughs) Not not Bruno. So, who is Senor Vargas? And what is it? The chief wants to see him, but why is it important? Who is Elgato Gordo? What is the importance of that? There's a lot of important things here.
2: Elgato Gordo, Gordo, that means uh, the fat cat. Uh, in, in Spanish it means a fat cat. And that's a um a kind of a shady bar in Tamarindo, if you have a shady bar in a in a perfectly uh uh, uh you call it, type of uh setting. <clears throat> but that's where you go if you want to connect with the underground or the underworld. Um and so the fat that the fat gat that got the gorder was the bar that um the murder occurs in. Um and the chief of police is under the gun because um, he needs to solve the case or he's going to be reduced to patrolman status. So he knows that Bruno is a high-powered uh, XLA cop, homicide cop, so he goes and solicits his uh, his help and, and blackmails him into doing it.
0: Oh, wow. So... How did you create, and sometimes I got really nervous and I wanted to hide also with Bruno, so how did you create most of the action in Tom Marino, and what happened there, and poor Bruno, he he can't win. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, well, I, I I write by the, oh, I, I have a system I set up, cause I'm on book number 65, I think I've written 65 books now, and it's called Writing by the Numbers. So I don't know what's going to happen in my books. I, I start with three plot lines, just the big notion of what the plot line is going to be, and I just start writing. And I, I put five things in the scene. The scene has to have to work, and from those five things, it adds pressure on the text, and it kind of like writes itself from those five things. So um, I, that's why I like writing because I don't know what's going to happen in a book until I get there. I, I had no idea who's going to be the, the bad guy in the book. I just kept. Um, I just made several people suspect, and I just keep going forward. And then, at the toward the end, that I decide who's going to mm. do it. Um, so, the the action in in Tamarindo is mm-hmm. predicated on those five things that a scene needs to to work. And I don't I don't make it gratuitous. I don't I don't like that in any books that I read. So the the, yeah. the action has to uh, d- relate directly to what's going on in the story. Um, And I did get a little creative this time with the way the bodies were positioned (laughs) Uh (laughs) because I wanted to to add an an added pressure or conflict, because it's all about conflict when you're writing, on Bruno. And so the way the bodies were positioned added uh, pressure to the hotel, for their reputation, and which put pressure on Bruno, because he's an employee of the hotel. Um, and that's basically the way that all came about. Um, uh, one thing leads to another, and that's how I wrote the book, so you say, how do I think about that stuff? It just comes out organically.
0: Which is the reason why, when you're reading a Bruno Johnson book, well, Francis reads it in one and a half hours and gets ice strained and then reads it again, it's worth it. And for the last for the last week and a half, I have to say, I read five books last week. Seriously, and I have to interview two of the authors, and I'm going, oh my god, what am I going to ask? That's how bad it was. That the the crimes and how they were set up made no sense. And I'm not a oh, criminal, no. you know, mystery thriller writer. I could have done a better job, but I never oh. write anything negative. What can I say? Right. So. Using your professional, but how did you create the process? This is the hard part. You know, you're writing a murder mystery, and the main character has to get information, right? So, how does he get the information, and why did he threaten Bruno? I want to smack him in the head. Seriously.
2: Well, who 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 do you, you want to smack? Otis or Vargas or who do you want Ooh, to smack? anybody. Him in the
0: head? Why would anybody threaten Bruno and think they're going to live to talk about it?
2: <laughs> well. For one, I guess Otis knew who Bruno was, but he went looking for him. So he was Mm. poking the bear, and he got uh, what he deserved in the end, I think. Mm. Um, But he has his own agenda, which was really causing roadblocks for for Bruno in his Mm. other um, plot line. Um, Yeah, so uh, Otis is a plot line, the, um, the main plot line of the murder. And then what's the third one in that book? See that book? Uh, I, I wrote that book uh, two years ago, so it's kind of mm. foggy in my mind. I've written, so I've written like five books since I wrote that book. Um, yeah, I so, was lucky uh, I, to I, get I just, your
0: books all together. I mean, lately, what? yeah, I, I was lucky, and you, your, your what you will call it, your um, publicist doesn't ask, but Ocean View loves me, well, so I, I don't even I, have to ask anymore. They just send it. <laughs> thank God, thank God,
2: because yeah. otherwise
0: I would probably be really miserable. So, why does Choco help Bruno? Oh, oh. Um, and why does he have to listen to the chief? I want that chief is not a nice person. You got to teach him a lesson in the next
1: book.
2: Yeah, um, and I, I, I had to make. Uh, I did. A, I did a little bit of research on this book. Uh-huh. Uh, there's only spec book I did research on, I did research, extensive research on book three, uh, The Squandered, and that's, kind of, that's an interesting plot line, too. But this one, I actually contacted some people in Costa Rica and emailed some people. Um, I talked to some people who live there and uh, that are living in the States, and uh, I did research on the police department in Tamarindo um, before I wrote the book. Uh, so I would have some, because I, I I've been to Costa Rica and but right mm. now the internet is so nice because you could go online and get pictures of everything. Yeah. So, um I tried to make the the setting equal weight to a character. So, you know, I put in the jungle, the heat, um the different animals, the birds. I put I added all those in there um to to give the story color and to make people feel like they are actually in Pamerindo, uh, Costa Rica.
0: All I could tell you is that's how I travel, because of what happened to me when no one say what it's hard for me to fly because it bothers my face. So see when you do that, I, then I look up Costa Rica. I did, so I wanted to see the pictures myself. And then there were a couple of authors actually that I interviewed that lived there. Now that that was exciting because they actually got through. <laughs> so. <laughs> How does it change back to him? And tell us about Eddie. And how does Marie? And how do Marie and the children feel about all this? I mean, she must get nervous every time he walks out the door.
2: (laughs) Well, um, I like Marie, and that's that's why I left him in Costa Rica this time because he keeps promising Marie that he's never going to get involved in anything again, and he he doesn't Mm -hmm. do it on purpose. Most of the time, in the, the scoring, <laughs> he was just going to escort a, a girl back from the U.S. And as soon as he lands in the U.S., all hell breaks loose. And that's you know, that's kind of like uh, what what you wanted a good mystery. So there's um, I write by four Cs: conflict, complication, crisis, and conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the three hour play. So my conflict is, you, you, normally in the, in the previous books. As Bruno is in Costa Rica, he has to be motivated enough to get on a plane mm. to fly to the U.S. to handle something. So once he steps on that plane, that's the end of my conflict when I start my complication of the story. Well, when he's um, in Costa Rica, and it's entirely in Costa Rica, the conflict is set very quickly in this book where we, I establish the, the setup with the family, Marie, the kids, and the wedding on the beach, and then right away I dump the uh, the murder into the story. And as soon as um, the contract with the reader is established where Bruno has to uh, find the murderers, that's the end of the conflict, and I start the complication. The, the uh, kids, there's 14 kids, and they're all from broken homes and are rescued. They're, they're all mm-hmm. rescued from uh, homes that would have ended their lives had they stayed in those environments. And so each one has a different type of mm. problem. And Eddie is from book two from uh, Replacements. And he has uh, issues uh, about Bruno getting hurt or, or being separated from Eddie too long because Eddie uh, needs the father figure and he's very uh, needy in that respect. So he make, keep, he maintains contact with Bruno through text messages. And I put those throughout the story. And then uh, in order, you never walk away from a character. Um, you always use a character twice. You can't just mm-hmm. uh, use a character once. So um, Eddie, uh, at the, in one of the plot lines toward the conclusion, he has a very important part. Um, and I built that up. So that that might be the the third the third plot line is, is the the neediness of Eddie and how he causes problems with the other two plot lines.
0: You know, it's funny because I dealt with uh, foster care when I was teaching. And I dealt with foster I dealt dealt with uh A C S services and I there were times I know how these kids feel. They were lucky. And there were times that I wish I could have taken a child, and I did sometimes, take them out of the home and put them someplace else. The, the yeah, minute yeah. a child told me, and if a kid walked in and I looked at them and I go, okay, what's up? Um, my father did this to me. I go, he'll never do it again. For real. The kid had burn marks on her arm. And yeah. I, I took, yeah, you, you don't know. And yeah. basically, if you don't report, so these kids were lucky. I wish more kids had people like Bruno and Marie. So yeah. why do they um, need jawless fingerprints? And who is Jamie? You've
1: got a lot of um, people
2: I want to go, go back to that other question. So yeah. the, the children, um, Bruno feels guilty about having the secondary life of violence. So when he's with the children, he tends to over give them what they want. And, yeah, and I don't blame him. Bree has to be the disciplinarian. So another part of the story is how Bruno interacts with these fourteen children, and he has um, these interesting things that he does with the kids. I don't want to give give the story away. No. But, um, he, and he also he tries to prepare them for the real world. So he he um, makes them question everything. Everything that so he would he does he play he pulls mm. tricks on them. He plays games with them. Um, And I think that was, uh, I I put that in there, relief, uh, um, comic relief on the other parts of the story. So you go along Mm. and you have murder mystery, murder mystery. Then all of a sudden, Bruno's with his kids, and it's a total total shift in tone. And I did that on purpose.
0: That's why I couldn't put the book down. So there's Darla. Hmm. She gets into the act with Marie, but what's her real goal? And how does Bruno get hurt? And why do they blame my dog? He wouldn't hurt anybody.
2: <laughs> well, b- Waldo, I push the edge with Waldo because the, Waldo's the, the Wattweiler. The I Waldo's love Waldo. Drago. And, and Drago went on his honeymoon and he left. He told Waldo, because Waldo only speaks German because uh, he's trained in German, um, tells Waldo to take care of Bruno while he's gone. You know, as if the dog could understand that kind of a complicated uh, command. So the Bru- so Waldo is always trailing Bruno around, and uh, Waldo's mm. on the beach playing frisbee with people and and drinking Modelo imported beer. Um, I had a lot of fun creating Waldo. Um, I think I lost track of your thread or your question. Um, oh, oh, so the for added pressure, um, Darla is the uh, mm-hmm. beverage manager of the hotel Bruno's boss and she yeah. she's very meticulous and a disciplinarian she keeps her finger tight on everything that's happening at that hotel so anything that goes wrong that Bruno's involved in uh, he's at risk of losing his job and he needs that job
0: yeah
2: to, to support the children and he gets he's, he's a huge amount of money from uh, tips from this cabana bar because it, it goes all night, and the and the, uh, the foreigners they get drunk and they are very lavish with their money, so um he has to have that job and Darla, the food and beverage manager, is always calling him in and she she does um she's a very unique character um,
0: yeah, I, I know
2: my I, I try to make her an enigma, but um she's in the next book too uh, the insidious uh oh. Yeah. um and, yeah, so that one's all, that book's already done, and I have two other books sketched out for the for Bruno Johnson, um, if I ever get to them, because I've got those other two series going. I've got a contract book that's coming up, and I need to get back to it. Um, the third day Becca book, uh, I finished writing. Uh, I'm about. Three quarters I think of I
0: only done. read. I think I only read one. I read one. The yeah, the, the, well, the first
2: one is a Fierce a Fierce of Moonlight Black. And the next one is A Lonesome Blood Red sun, And that Blood Red sun is a terrific book, if you haven't read it yet. Um, I can't
0: wait to read it. Now I know why my niece is a bartender. You just explained it. She loves it. She's a what? Oh, she's the head, yeah, she's the head bartender.
2: A oh, yeah. in,
0: Between that and medical school, it's a long story, but, yeah, she does well. She likes it. And my other niece yeah. is starting to do the same thing. I don't know why, but they are. So, who is the dead Russian, and how many are dead, and why are they killed?
1: That's so bad.
2: Uh, um, I'm still, you asked me the question, I'm still thinking about the previous one. The reason I (laughs) I made Bruno a bartender and out on the cabana bar is because of the uniqueness of the people that walk up and talk to him. So, character is is the story. That's what my, my mentors told me, was character story, story is not story. Without the character, you don't have the story. So all these characters that come up and talk, to Bruno, are involved with Bruno at the cabana bar. Like Otis, He's, he, just came, he just walked up and sat on a stool, and um, but he was hunting Bruno, uh, but we don't know that at the beginning. Um, mm. So the Russians are the other main plot line that's involved with uh, Otis, and uh, everybody in this in this story ends up dodging. Russians one way or another, but that they are only secondary to the story, but you don't know that while you're reading the book. And um, they, they do get put in some precarious, those Russians do get put in precarious situations uh, that Bruno has to deal with. Um, and his, uh, his uh, cohort from a previous novel, a uh, guy that was involved in some of the uh, mm. wars in the Central America, Um, a very quiet but very dangerous guy because Drago's not there to help him. Drago's on his honeymoon. So I developed this foil to help Bruno out uh, in places uh, throughout the book.
0: So we have, tell us why she was so concerned and what does Eddie do and why do they arrest Bruno?
2: Well, um, Arrest Bruno! That we think They detain Bruno and take him to the police station because the police, the, the chief of police, want him to help with the murder. Um, and, I, and I'm getting mixed up with the next book, The Insidious, because uh, something happens in that book. It's, it's, he gets tied up with the police department again. Mm. But uh, yeah, he, he's taken to the murder scene uh, as a, a willing participant and asked the chief, asked him to look at the scene and tell him what, tell the chief what Bruno sees um, because of Bruno's past experience. And I actually put in a lot of, of that scene comes from my background, from murder scenes I've actually seen. Those descriptions, you know, the shell casings, the blood, I, I put that exactly the way I, I saw it in a couple of uh, murder scenes. Uh, try to make it vivid and real without uh, being gratuitous.
0: So, question. Before I forget, on t- Wednesday, we have a panel of four of us. I'm going to talk about my new release, Mirror Image. Um, we have Mally Becker, who's going to talk about Paris Mistress. We have Cindy McDonald, who's going to talk about her new book. And we have Robert Massifold, that's going to talk about his new book uh, that just that I, that I that just came out in January, the last horseman imagine your mother winning your college um college uh, fee, your college tuition, gambling on horses. I thought it was great on the fourth We have David Wilson on the sixth we have New York Times author andrea Kane struck dead on the eleventh. He hasn't been on my show in a while. Leave No Trace, John Land, and Joe Ayers. On the 13th, um, Tales of Hollywood Baskerville, and on the 14th, another panel show. We're going to talk about um, Dick Belsky and Brian barron and somebody else. <laughs> We're going to talk about their new, their new titles coming out, too. So that's what's coming out next week. Tell us why uh, she's talking. Why does Eddie do, and why arrest Bruno for murder? How could you do that?
2: <laughs> well, I don't want to give. I don't want to give the whole story away. Um, Eddie no. he, he gets involved in it because uh, he doesn't hear from Bruno. He knows that Bruno is going to have, going to a beating, and um, Eddie gives him a certain amount of time before. Um, he, when he doesn't hear from Bruno, then gets in the car, and he takes off, uh, driving to the hotel to find out what happened to his foster father. And that causes another layer of uh, conflict for the story.
0: So how did he learn about the diamond heist in New York? Hmm. How did, and he gets arrested. So how does anybody, well, what is this diamond heist that happened that plays a big part in this also?
2: Yeah. That's um, that's the underlying motivation for the for the for one plot line of the story. It's not the main plot line. It's uh, it's what's it's the motivator for the the jury heist. It's, a, it's an old jury heist and has come back the roost um, for the people that uh, move around in the underworld of Costa Rica uh, that, that down in Tamarindo. And it's de has got i i put it like an enclave of white collar criminals um that are staying there and they they bring the American dollars down there and they buy these estates um and they they just live there the rest of their lives um but that was back four ninety four before the mm-hmm. extradition, so now um they're all at risk um but yeah uh oh so the oh the house. Yeah, the Diamond Ice, I, I always I'm always intrigued yeah. by Diamond Ice. Um in fact, I just read just a killer book called The Caper by Lawrence Sanders. And what I do oh, is really? i reading when I oh, if you haven't read The Caper by Lawrence Sanders, it is an outstanding book. I think it was written in 1979. And it's a it's a, what's interesting about it is that it's a woman author who writes uh, crime novels and she um this is I'm not giving anything away. Uh she, uh-huh. she her books are dropping in sales, dropping in sales, and she uh, has, a, has a pen name. So the editor and the agent get with her and say, hey, your books just aren't realistic enough. So she decides to plan the jewelry heist. She just decides to plan it just so she can get the information, the feel of it, and everything goes awry. And I'm telling you, that book, it's one of the best books I've read in probably 10 years uh, because it's, it's so, it has so much depth. And it's not just the jury heist, it's the people that are involved in it. Great character studies of the people that are involved in it. Then she has to
0: send it to me.
2: (laughs) Well, you can can pick it up uh, on uh, ABE. I don't know if you you use ABE.com. That's all the um, the used bookstores (laughs) linked throughout the United States. And I think every book on there is $4 a piece. It's cheaper than uh, (laughs) my wife's killing me. Don't do that. Don't talk about that. (laughs) <laughs> but, now uh, this, what, this, really this, what? this
0: really got me This really got me Because I think if Marie finds out She's going to be fit How did he wind up in the hotel room With dollar, And how did everybody find out This reporter I'm going to smack her in the head Really
2: <laughs> well, Yeah well that's just where When you're in a complication You just throw up more and more conflicts In front of the, the character Until you get to the crisis um, and so the, the, the complication is the broadest part of the, of the book. Uh, so the conflict has to be short, the complication is a big section, and then the crisis has to be short uh, for the, the story, the cadence to work. Um, and the, uh, I, I thought it would be interesting to throw a dead body uh, Bruno's way, and that's what I think uh, Raymond Chandler said. That he would just start writing, and then when the story started getting slow, he'd drop a body on the floor, um, and that's kind of what I did in this book. Um, the cadence, uh, I could feel the cadence of the story, the pulse of the story, and when it's time to drop somebody, I I, I, I drop them, and um, but not too often because it, it overpowers the story, because the story should be more about the character than about the story. So, yeah, um, the, the conflict between Darla and Bruno is always constant, and uh, p- puts pressure on the story all the time.
0: I know, it's scary. So, Rebecca and Bruno have a night, but did it really happen?
2: Oh, well, um, no, but I don't, want to, I don't want to say no, because then the, the reader, does, that gives something away in the reader uh, for, the, yeah. for the story. Um, Rebecca is a very nosy, very uh, adept uh, TV reporter. And she because she's so good at her job, she gets into trouble and gets thrown into the story. And um, the, 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 the bad guys in the story use her as a lever against Bruno. Um, and luckily, uh, Marie and their, their relationship, Burrow and Marie's relationship is so strong that it doesn't shake um, mm. the relationship too, too hard.
0: So what does Bruno do that he needs? Who helps him at the end? I mean, I was getting worried about this already.
2: <laughs> well, the the end, you don't know who the bad guy is um and there's there's those three plot lines that i gotta tie up at the end yeah so um and that, that that's what's difficult the most difficult part is making those plot lines come together at the same time um and it really did that well in the sinister and uh um, they all came together all at once that's that's a killer ending on the sinister and so the and it worked w- well on this one as well. the diabolical ending um, I think came together um, pretty pretty nicely for me anyway. Uh, I liked the way it ended up and the ending uh in the ocean uh, i don't, mm-hmm. i don't know if you read the author's note, but i had a yep. I always put something in the book that w- that I was involved in personally and this this incident was uh, where my my three friends and I went out on a mm. And uh, we got, the anchors got pulled up, the storm came in, anchors got pulled up, and we were out in the ocean, in high seas. Nobody knew how to sail a boat, and um, it was looking bleak. And so I put Bruno in a similar situation, or in the crisis of the book. Um, And I wrote that in the author's note explaining what's real and what's not real in the story.
0: So before we end, we have time. Tell us what they find out about Alec and points to the person that might have done the murder and people bruno didn't do it really honest, I wouldn't lie to you
2: <laughs> well there are in the during the murder, you don't know who was killed for what reason and why if if they were all killed for one reason or if um, it was one person that was killed to cover. It was all were killed to cover the one person. You don't know what's going on. So again, it's a stories about characters. So each one of those characters uh, that were murdered come into play, um, and so I, I got to give a little background to on each one of those yeah. murder victims. So you don't know who is who during this who done so it. So it's a it's a play on a closed room mystery, mm. but there's no closed room. <laughs> you, you don't know who did it um, until the end.
0: Now, this this really got me. Something happens in, to Darla. That's all I'm going to say. Why, why would he care? Why would anybody well, care?
1: Well,
2: well even though mean, Darla's a, a harsh disciplinarian, she still... Um, I try to make her a little bit likable, and, and Bruno's yeah. a nice guy. You know, he he has the violent side. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of compassion, and um, he does like his boss Darla to some degree. Um, and, and they banter back and forth, even though she has the power over him. Um, they they do. Bruno kind of takes back, some, steals some leverage from her, uh, which I thought was interesting uh, for, the, for the conflict. Um, Bruno gets a little bit of leverage on her and. Puts a little pressure back on her, um, but yeah, Darla is an interesting character, and I like her so much that I'm, I'm, I'm carrying her through um, to the Insidious, and then the next book is going to be uh, all about her, almost exclusively. Uh-oh. If, I get to, if I get to that book, yeah.
0: If you ever get it.
1: <laughs> so, yeah.
0: this has really got me. You know, if I didn't love Marie before. After you read this, you're going to want to give her a big hug. Why in heaven blazes does she help Darla? I mean, Uh, after all, we think maybe she's after, you know, Bruno and, you know, Marie will smash her over together. Don't even start with Marie.
2: Yeah, well, you know, like I said earlier about, you know, having a hero and a a bad Mm. guy, Darla is made made out to be a bad guy, but I give her some humanity when she... When, he, when, there's a, when the family's threatened, she tells Bruno, get in my car, we're going. And she jumps in and lends a hand with the menace uh, of Bruno's family. So I think that's why Marie, you know, when you, when you mess with her, her kids, you're messing with the lion when it comes to Marie. And the same thing, if you help mm. defend her kids, then you've got a friend for life. And that's what happened with Darla in this story.
0: So, before we end, I have a very weird question. Okay.
2: Uh Uh-oh. Number
0: one, are you bringing my dog back? Number two, (laughs) are you going to use any of the children besides Eddie? Are they going to play an important part in any of these? They can't get hurt, though. Not allowed.
2: Yeah, and and um sometimes i get so involved in the plot i forget about yeah. uh, the, the the kids because there is a high number of a, you know 14 kids a lot to deal with so yeah. i try to bring bruno's natural grandson into it um i think in one book the next coming up upcoming book uh one of the girls is has a prominent role in it and then in the book after the insidious it's going to be uh, the kids are going to have a, a huge role because in this book um, Bruno realizes that evil has come to Tamarindo, and it spooks him, and he has a safe room built mm-hmm. into the estate. And I did that on purpose. I, I put things in that I pull forward mm. into other books. So that safe room is going to have a very important role in, um, well, maybe I did that in Insidious. Honestly. I said get them mixed up. Maybe you didn't see this safe, safe room yet. You probably didn't see the safe room yet. Ow. In the Insidious, I put a safe room in, and so the next book, I pull that safe room forward. And that's going to be a key uh, fixture in, in the in the book after *Insidious*.
0: When is that? Next February? Do I have to wait that long?
2: <laughs> well, there's there was uh, a shake-up at Ocean View, and I don't know if they're going to pick up a, a Bruno or not. So. Uh, You're kidding. Yeah. How could they
0: not do that? I know. You know that Bruce Coffin, is. He, I'm so mad at him because he didn't give me his new book. And he's with somebody else. Second of all, how did they not? You know, his his series was great too. Now, why in heaven blazes wouldn't they pick up the next Ocean View? What's wrong with them? They're losing Uh, all the good people.
2: uh, I I I don't know. Uh, You know, it's just business. It's all about bottom line. Uh, I'm not upset about it. Um,
0: Well, who are you gonna go to? Who do I bother? uh,
2: I, I think um, I, I, I'm not worried about Insidious. I think Insidious is going to be picked up. I've already got uh, been conversations with people about it, so I'm not I'm not worried about it. Um, I, I, but I love Ocean View. I mean, they have just been so, they do such. Yeah. Great. Look at that! Look at that diabolical way it's put together. It is just a beautiful book cover. The, the quality yeah it is. It's
0: beautiful list. every book yeah. is beautiful and besides the fact that it's one big plus i could read it because the font is big
1: <laughs> I, I don't need yeah. to, i don't need yeah. a
0: magnifying glass but if they don't take it you must have somebody else in mind yeah
1: yeah i, mean, I, 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 I work with
0: every publishing company in the universe seriously yeah
2: yeah i'm I'm, I'm happy I mean, with, was, with what's going on I'm, i mean uh I got 11 books out of Ocean View, and you can't ask for more. They were just a great company.
0: Well, you are very lucky. But I'm hoping Uh, that I can get my story other than self-published. But Robin and is fantastic. Um, My last book didn't cost a lot of money, and the editing was really great. And I'm very pleased with Mirror Image, people. If you didn't read it, let's put it this way. If you do something wrong and you look your face in the mirror, the mirror's going to tell you what you did wrong. It's going to play it for you as you do it. It's going to show you what you did. If you don't repent, you're going to be doing it in the mirror forever. And you become a face in the mirror. I know. It's strange. But a lot of people... <laughs> it really is really good. It's to teach people not to do the wrong thing. So what's next for Bruno, Marie, and the kids, and Drago and Waldo... And then what's next for you, and when am I getting, who's, who's doing the book in May, the, new, the other one, the other series?
2: Uh, Level Best Books, and that, that's a trilogy, they, they gave me a three-book contract, and the Blind Devotion of Imogene is the first mm-hmm. one, and uh, I had a lot of fun writing that one. Uh, it's a, I, I did a shift in what I normally do, and it's a 75-year-old woman who gets out of prison for committing murder and Ooh. her life after, after on parole, how, how the world's changed and how um, things happen to her. And the second book is Imogene's Grand Fiasco, and that one's already completed, and I have heavy notes on the third one. Um, but I also have a book that I just finished. I'm really happy with it. It's called um, Pablo and Peaches, and it's about a detective who uses a rescue dog that um he tells people can tell a dog can tell if somebody's lying. And it, and the dog really can't but uh Pablo's just a an astute interrogator and um he can tell when somebody's lying, but he makes people believe that the dog can. And I had a lot of fun writing that book. <clears throat> um and I'm hoping that's gonna be I already got the second book lined up on that one as well. And then I have a I have a standalone coming out in January and it's called, uh...
1: mm.
2: no, no, it's Harvey Usher, yeah. what See, I can't remember the title of it now. Well, <laughs> um, oh, that's because I'm, I'm writing another book right now. And, uh, I have so many, i pro- I finished one project that I move on, and the other one, the ones I move on from that kind of turn into, turn a little fuzzy. So I'm writing another book now called uh, A Dark Moon Elegy and I'm about mm-hmm. a third of the way done with that one. Um, yeah, so i got a lot going on. i got a lot of books coming out. Uh, the the one in May um, is Blind Devotion of Imaging. The, the the one in October is A Gray Cadaver's Dawn, the third mm-hmm. uh, Dave Becker book, and then um, the Usher book in uh, January.
0: Well, you have three. to tell me when you're going to send me the May book,
2: because, okay. let's see, what do I got here?
0: On May 1st, once again, I'm going to interview the former Chief Justice of the Trade Commission, His Honor, Stephen Granger, McMack Maguire. And on the 2nd, we got John Lansing. <laughs> and it's like, I'm a very popular person. I can't believe it. And on the 6th, we have, and on the 8th, And the 13th, 14th, 15th, I've never had so many whatevers. Vincent Zandry is coming on on the 20th of May. So if anybody wants an interview, speak to me, because I have June and August. Seriously.
1: Okay,
0: well. Tell me if you want me to put one in for June or whatever. Well, (laughs) I have four for June. I can't believe it. uh, DP is coming on in August with Brian Freeman.
2: D P. For Lyle. Hits.
0: D P Lyle for Unbalanced. Oh, you gotta read it, people. It's outrageous.
1: <laughs>
0: Unbelievable. And Brian Freeman's uh, new book is coming out, I didn't get it yet. Um, it's coming out in August and it's the Jason Bourne series. I can't wait oh, to very read that. Nice. Yeah. And the one on May sixth is gonna be Jane Ann I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know, I, I get emails and I never know. And then a book that I just got yesterday, the author, the publicist asked me to read it in September, and I just got it yesterday, and I read Uh, it. Cape Rage. It's really, really Uh, good by Ron Corbett. Ronald Corbett. But where can everybody learn more about you and your books? And I can't wait to get the new series because you know I'm going to sit down and read it and get eye strain. It's worth it. Hello? Hello? David, are you there? Are you there? Hello? Where can we find out more about you and your books? The sound went off. I don't even know. I guess I'm going to end this episode. Everybody, have a great day, and bye.